Welcome to the Occult London podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, and Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening to this on, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk, where you can subscribe to the show. In today's episode, we'll be continuing our discussion on the different signs of the zodiac by looking at some of the spiritual, mythological and magical aspects relating to the constellation of Sagittarius. This is the ninth sign of the zodiac, represented by a centaur, a mythological creature who is half man and half horse. Interestingly, this is also the only sign to have both a human and animal representation. Sagittarius is the starry archer, the centaur, who points his arrow at the centre of the galaxy and can usually be seen low on the southern horizon, near to Scorpio in the northern hemisphere during the summertime. This constellation lies between Capricorn and Scorpio on the zodiac band, and since ancient times it's very much been connected with the centaur pointing his arrow at the centre of our galaxy, and also where it sits is one of the most populated areas of stars and nebulae. And there's also meant to be an enormous black hole uh, in this region, This constellation was described by the famous astronomer Manelaus in the 1st century AD as Glorious in his Cretan bow, centaur follows with an aiming eye, his bow fully drawn and ready to let fly. Some key dates and correspondences relating to the sign of Sagittarius. Astronomical dates is December 17th to January 19th. Arashi's sidereal December the 16th to January the 14th. Tropical is November the 23rd to December the 21st. Opposition is July the 3rd. It's the house of Jupiter and the element of fire. Some of the attributes of Sagittarius are very much optimism, expansion, idealism and gain. So very much connected with that Jupiter element. The colours of Sagittarius are yellows, purples, green and dark blue. And incense is things like sandalwood, frankincense, um, you know, fragrant, expansive scents. As we mentioned, Sagittarius occupies one of the brightest areas of the Milky Way and is the figure of the centaur firing an arrow. And the symbolism of the archer and the bow, however, is not in every culture. So some cultures and societies just had the bow on its own. So, for example, we have the words in different languages. So, Persia, there was Kaman. Turkey was Yai. Syria was Keshta. Hebrew was Keches. And Chaldean was Kurtko. And all of these meant bow and arrow, um, but not always with the archer. In India, the constellation was known as the horseman, and it later became Danus, the bow. In Egypt, the sign of Sagittarius was meant to have been connected with the sacred ibis bird. The ibis is a sacred bird and was very much linked to the god of wisdom and the inventor of hieroglyphs and magic, who's Thoth. He is represented by an ibis or an ibis-headed man. Unfortunately, the sacred ibis that was revered by the Egyptians was also very much revered for its plumes and has now become extinct. However, it's thought that the Egyptians used an ibis to represent Sagittarius and that there was later changed in the Dendera zodiac into the image of an archer with the face of a lion. The image on the Dendera zodiac is is very similar, um, interestingly, to the image used in ancient Babylon that shows a two-headed man 
with a crown and a man's face and that of the face of a lion firing a bow with the lower half of his body being a horse. In China, the constellation was shown as a tiger. The constellation was also um, shown on the Assyrian royal standard. So you have this image of an archer standing on or above a bull, which represents Taurus, holding a crown, representing the constellation of the southern crown, or the corona astralis. The archer represents Ahura Mazda, or the ruler of the universe, and the twin of Ariman, Taurus, who is his opposite. And this is expressed quite well in uh, Richard Hall in his excellent book on the mythology of the astrological signs as follows. The archer represented the god Ahura Mazda, the ruler of the universe. He was the twin of Ariman, Taurus, and was his opposite in every way. Light instead of dark, calm instead of fury, giving instead of taking, forgiveness instead of implacability. At the time of the spring equinox, as the archer rose in the evening twilight, he chased the bull into the underworld. If people would like to do more research on Ahura Mazda, there are some beautiful hymns called Gathas that form part of a collection of Zoroastrian sacred texts, which were the words of Zarathustra, called the Avestas, that were written around 1700 BCE to 400 CE. And I quote, I pray to thee, O Mazda, with uplifted hands and to thy Holy Spirit, first of all, and hope that through truths and righteousness I would enjoy the light of wisdom and a clean conscience, thus bringing solace to the soul of Mother Earth creation. I shall verily approach and succeed in seeing thee, O Mazda Ahura, Lord of wisdom and creator of life, through pure mind and enlightened heart. O creator, do grant me in both worlds, corporeal as well as spiritual, the recompense which can be achieved only through truthfulness and would make happy the faithful ones. So as we can see um, from the above, the imagery and symbolism of Sagittarius is very linked with the archetypal battle between good and evil, light and dark. And this idea of the constellation and its symbolism being connected to the beauty um, and also the imagery of a beast that is half man and half beast is interesting particularly if one thinks about the idea of our light side and our dark side. So one aspect of ourselves is reaching for the stars, whilst the other is very much closely related to our darker, more primitive and animalistic aspects. As a dual creature, this constellation symbolism is first depicted as a minotaur, so it's half man, half bull, and then later it becomes half man, half horse, or a centaur. And one theory on this is that it changed to a centaur when the first horseman arrived, who appeared to have the body of a man, but the legs of a horse. Because, uh, you know, no one had seen anybody riding a horse before. Other mythological links to Sagittarius is that he's sometimes associated with Kronos, the son of Pan, the goat god, and Euphemi, the ner muse's nurse. Krotos was raised by the muses and is a skilled hunter. And Sagittarius and Scorpius are sometimes seen as opposites. So Scorpius is a symbol of darkness, while Sagittarius is light. And for the fast, past few millennia, the winter solstice has been in Sagittarius as it rises in the winter. And it drives away the dark, and the days begin to go longer again. 
Sagittarius has also always been associated with good luck and fortune, so hence the house of Jupiter, but also known as the domicile of Diana, who is, as we all know, is also connected with the archer. In the Greek myths, the constellation of Sagittarius is represented by the great god Chiron, who is the son of one of the most important titans, Saturn. Chiron was a friend and he's kind of a go-between between the gods and man and is also meant to have taught the arts of medicine, hunting, riding, music and prophecy to mankind. And he's also meant to have taught some of the famous Greek heroes such as Achilles, Castor and Pollux and Hercules. The story goes that one day whilst hunting boar, the great Hercules has accidentally hit Chiron on his knee with a poisoned arrow. Chiron is meant to have been in agony but because he's an immortal, he was not able to die. So Hercules promises Chiron that he would find death to release him. Whilst he is hunting he comes across Prometheus who's chained throughout eternity to a rock where an eagle tears at his liver. This, as we talked about previously, was a punishment that the king of the gods Jupiter had put onto him, that his torture would last until someone of his own free will consented to suffer in his place. Chiron offers to replace Prometheus, and so the curse is fulfilled, and Chiron is allowed to die, and Prometheus is set free by Hercules. After his death, Chiron is meant to have been rewarded by Jupiter by being placed in the stars where he becomes the constellation Sagittarius. And this story is recounted in a text by Pseudo Apollodorus, which dates from the 2nd century AD, and he writes as follows. Heracles turned back centaurs of Mount Foli with a volley of firebrands. He sent arrows after the others and chased them as far as Malia. There they took refuge with Chiron, who after the Lapethae had driven him from Mount Pelion, settled on Malia. Heracles let loose an arrow at the Centauri as they huddled round Chiron, which penetrated the arm of Elatos and landed in Chiron's knee. In horror, Heracles ran to him, pulled out the arrow and dressed the wound with a salve that Chiron handed him. The festering wound was incurable, However, and Chiron moved into his cave where he yearned for death, but could not die because he was immortal. Prometheus thereupon proposed Heracles to Zeus to become immortal in the place of Chiron, and so Chiron died. And also Ovid in his Metamorphoses uh, talks about this story as well. Chiron, you immortal now and destined by your birthright to live on through all eternity will long to die when you are tortured by the serpent's blood, that agonising poison in your wounds, and saved from immortality, the gods shall put you in your death's power, and the three goddesses shall unloose your threads of fate. From a magical perspective, the energy of Sagittarius is ruled by the planet Jupiter, um, and also fire, so this is a very active, it's a very adventurous energy. As we saw on our series on the planets, Jupiter is the planet that rules wisdom, prosperity, spiritual growth and personal growth as well as wealth and expansion and from a Kabbalistic point of view is connected with the Sephirah of Kesed. The combination of Jupiter with energy with fire which is very much about willpower, creativity, initiative, drive and enthusiasm. 
So it's a very powerful combination, uh, Jupiter, with that fire element. Also, the symbolism of the archer gives us this idea of shooting for the stars and the philosophy that it's better to you know, set the aim high and miss the goal than never to shoot the arrow at all, never to try. So this is a very powerful energy of exploration, adventure, renewal, and above all, really strong transformative experiences. That's all we've got time for this week. However, I'd like to finish today's episode with a poem written by a poet called Peter Patton that I discovered that I felt expresses the idea of Chiron very well. O mighty Chiron, immortal centaur of the gods, O great creature of exceptional goodness and wisdom, I see you shining brightly in the night skies like a burning amethyst in the celestial constellations. Kind and compassionate patron of teaching, mythical teacher of the wondrous arts, archery, warfare, music, poetry, ethics and medicine, son of Saturn and without flaw or fault, spotless in nature and communicator of the crafts, wounded and afflicted by the same poisonous arrow that brought about the demise of Achilles. You freely gave away your life and immortality to release the wise titan Prometheus from his bondage and endure his vicarious punishment chained eternally to the mountain and lift the rage and curse of King Zeus. The awesome Hercules weeps for you upon the heavenly Mount Olympus, but your glory and honour will never die. You are our spiritual master and mentor. With an unalterable legacy of love, you streak in comet form. Across the universe for our discerning eyes, and I align myself from this day forth, consecrated to your lustrous virtues and morals. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Ocult London Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure to visit our website at ocultlondon.co.uk. Thank you and good night.